This episode is brought to you by Luxury Living Cabins. Give Chris and Connor a shout and tell them that the boys from Talking Bollocks sent you. Yo, 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 yo. Episode 12. What's happening, folks? Terry Flower here. It's me, COB, and here we are. This week, we're going to be joined by Liam Cunningham, Game of Thrones legend, oh, Irish yeah. actor. Yeah, he's one of our own. He's yeah. one of our own. He's going to be joining us today. Um, I don't know how we pulled this one off, <laughs> but supposedly he's a fan of the podcast. So supposedly. Find that hard to believe. We'll ask him. We'll put him on the spot when he's on camera. Um, we're going to be doing this one on a Zoom call. Today, which is going to be a force for us, so bear with us if there's any technical difficulties. But we, it's, it's, a, it's a learning process, isn't it? It's a learning course. Yeah, we don't plan on it being them. But listen, here we are. We're going to have me in today, and we're going to have a little yap and bear a buzz and see what it's all about. Yeah, the two of us, now we're still in the kitchen. I imagine <laughs> he's in his kitchen, and his kitchen will be a lot bigger than ours, though. Just uh, a little bit bigger. We have a uh, two headsets on and a microphone like so this is probably as professional as it's going to get yeah, for us for a while yeah yeah this well, actually, actually brings us on so what we're going to do with this episode is before Lane jumps in we're going to have a bit of a recap and a reflection on how far we've come with the podcast so far because people have been asking us a lot of questions the last few weeks as well uh, we're going to do the singers so don't worry stick around by then but uh, one thing we want to touch on and it, it, this is a weird one for us because a couple of weeks ago we woke up to a message on the Instagram page of Colm Hayes. Colm Halpin. Halpin, is it? Yeah, Jesus Christ, I'm in Egypt. Sorry about that, Colm. <laughs> and I knew it was a H, so. Mm. <laughs> and he said, lads, what you said down is absolutely fantastic. And I want to set up a GoFundMe for us. Well, he didn't actually... Like ask as you saw it, they said, "Listen, I'm after setting up a goal for me for yeah. the hill we are there because I know you were touching on and not wanting a goal for me." So what me and Calvin were sort of saying the last few weeks is we sort of want to be sponsored, so they're giving us something, and we're giving them something back in return in terms of followers, in terms of messing in the podcast, especially when we have big names in, like someone like Liam Cunningham. Like this is a huge star. Like he's. One of the main characters in Game of Thrones, the biggest show in the history of shows, like you know. Yeah. So th- we sort of want someone to say to us, "Listen, you shout our name out, and we'll give you this." So that's where we were going. So that's why we could have easily sort of a go for me ourselves, but we didn't. On want a to Patreon page, but yeah. When it happened, myself and parents were like, "What do we do here?" And we didn't go near it. And the thing ended up doing the rounds on social media itself. And before we know it, the thing hit its target. Yeah. Uh, over a thousand euro raised. So we were taken a bit aback by that. But after sitting down and kind of thinking about it, it kind of showed us one thing. It's that people want this podcast to continue. So we are. We're going to invest the money back in. We're going to get ourselves set up with it so we can continue to deliver this podcast for you. Because what I've kind of realised is this podcast has outgrown whatever we thought was going to be. Our expectations got blown out of the water early. I remember saying to you back in December, yeah. if we keep going the way we are, we might get 5,000 followers by yeah. March. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah, like, so what the, the fuck? So this is what we are going to do, we are going to take the money, we're going to invest it back in, and we do appreciate every single person that's donated, and we have gone through them all, and no amount is too little, no amount too large, yeah. it's really, it's humbled us, do you know what I mean, it showed that we are actually 
reaching people appreciate it like, yeah. to an extent like if that's the right word like just to even be appreciated because like, we put this out there now don't get me wrong I had intentions of this getting bigger and bigger and growing and then eventually at some stage hopefully doing it as a job like you yeah, know full time but just it's... didn't imagine it had come fucking 12 weeks about 12, 12 episodes in 12 weeks we missed a week of a, a COVID situation that we won't get into but say 13 weeks we're up and running we're at the surpassing 10k followers We've people donating left and gentle to a goal for me that we we we're didn't share ourselves. The top twenty on Spotify established in that, and we were higher. We were sitting at twelve to thirteen that week after uh, because of the COVID situation. That that set us back, and, and we haven't reached thirteen again yeah. in the Spotify charts. But mm. we were sort of saying if we once we don't fall out of the top twenty, we're happy, doing okay. Yeah. And we've been sitting inside the top twenty since. So we're doing we're doing alright in that department, like but. And to everybody that down there, no, like, like this is nuts. Yeah, so we we owe it to you now to deliver this podcast going forward. Um, that kind of brings me on to the next mm-hmm. thing. So we really just wanted to clear up the GoFundMe situation, and we really appreciate it, and we are so grateful. So we're going to get back to you as we continue to deliver this podcast. And that's why we didn't, that's also just to clear it up. Uh, that's why we didn't share that on the Talking Bollocks page, or we didn't share it on our personal page. That's why we basically didn't acknowledge it. Was because it it's not what we asked for, but Jesus it was Christ given to us basically. Yeah. It's like yeah, we've we've delivered something to them. They're giving it back, yeah. and so we owe it to you now to the listeners going forward. Yeah, well, feels weird even saying that we have listeners. It's, it's like, weird, isn't it's it? Like, yeah, but um, kind of brings me on to the next point. Then mm. we're getting a lot of messages in the last few weeks, and I know every, we've touched on it before how hard this lockdown has been. The one just after Christmas, so lockdown three. Um, we're getting an awful lot of messages of people saying lads they're doing a great job I'm really loving the podcast I look forward to it every Thursday it gives me a bit of normality and something to look forward to now when I first read that I was like Jesus Christ it's a reflection of how hard times are and I think of how poorly this country is being run that people are looking forward to this podcast it's the only thing they have to grasp onto yeah and we've been hearing that it's not that, that, that it's just the like we appreciate that but that's not where it's going it means like people are literally saying that this is all they have looked for to look forward to and it's heartbreaking to hear that yeah so like listen whatever it's, it is what it is you know yeah. what I mean we'll get through it it's we'll get, and we're just, we're just glad that we can offer you this bit of uh, raw hard hitting topics but with the, with the laugh as well and you know what I mean yeah um, I know we lockdown is supposed to be getting extended and all and this whole oh we're in it together we're not in this together. It's the government that's saying yous are in this together. So we're going to show them that we can still continue on. We'll still talk bollocks at a kitchen table. Exactly. Uh, and you need to realise, like, there's people out there being demonised and basically being called scumbags and criminals because they're going outside that 5k or shit like that. This is hard on everybody, you know what I mean? When you see someone getting a haircut, don't look at them and say, oh, you was a part of the problem. You need to realise people are looking for some, some sort of normality. That's why they give six months in the joy by getting a fresh face. You know, I see coppers with fresh face. Where did they get Fresh face, bro. That little What do people think, like, when you go 5.1 kilometres outside your gaff, you're going to get corona? You can get yeah. corona within your own household. It's yeah. the same logic as, like, you can go to a restaurant and have something to eat, but you have to order nine euro worth of food. What's it, if you order 850 worth of food, you get corona, you order yeah. 9 euro, you don't. Covid on your plate if you only spend 8 euro. Me, all mine is talking about going to fucking America. Oh, but the America, yeah. But Paddy's Day, if he gets an invite, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's no logic to this, and they're finding people in the airport for going on holiday, but you're still allowed to go on the holiday. So why not just shut it all down? Exactly. It's yeah. like getting caught down 180 on the motorway, getting pulled in, getting a fine, and the cop are saying to you, 
there's your fine you can do 180 all the way home now yeah there's no logic to it but <clears throat> we'll move on a couple of suggestions and questions we've been getting about the podcast so people want to know have we got any uh, negative comments or feedback no yeah, well <laughs> Look, the only extent. negative thing it's going on our behalf and we have addressed it it's, it's the sound situation that's the only negative that use I saw that they're looking after forest we're just so obviously we're going to address that uh, do you yeah. mean in terms of people saying like oh that's a bad podcast so you shouldn't have done this no we haven't and I'm actually surprised by it because no yeah. matter what happens in Ireland and it kind of touches back to that begrudging mentality that yeah. we talked about before people want to see you do better but not better than them yeah. nobody has actually got on and gave us any grief and I'm really I'm, I'm delighted for it because it's not something you want to get drawn into because there's not, never not, any winners it's mate. easy it's so, especially someone I'm a stupid country and you know what I'm like well look at don't don't fucking yeah, rattle but, the cage because I'll bite as well I will actually yeah. out some river stick and there's never any winners there but no, 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 no negative, no negative no, comments. Yeah, so we're obviously no. doing something alright. Either working. we're just offending loads of people, so yeah. no one person can come back and say, "Why well, you can't be saying that?" <laughs> so maybe Fuck just that. Them. Yeah. Uh, but another one is, uh, do you think we'll have to filter the podcast going forward? No, not a hope. Uh, the only way this podcast will could ever become filtered is if someone came out and said, "Hey, look at there's X amount of money, but." you're not allowed to talk about X, Y, or Z. And me and Terence have already discussed this because we are actually looking for sponsorship. We've already said, no matter what, no one is going to get control of the content on this podcast. No, definitely not. We couldn't show. If that's the case, we sort of had this chat before we even set the podcast up in terms of we're calling the talking bollocks. And I remember saying to Calvin, the night we sat in the car and we set the Instagram up and we had no followers around, and then I sort of said to him, like, well, talking bollocks, like, that's the t- he said the name, and I jumped at it. I said, yeah. Definitely, look like, what a name, you know, because that's what we did, we talked bollocks. So when we set it up, we thought, do you reckon that'll fucking, that'll, that'll harm us, like, if we wanted to be really caught on a show or anything like that? And he sort of went, well, fuck them. If they don't want to bring us on because we're caught talking bollocks, well, then so be it, because we like the name. Yeah. And that's where we sort of went, right, well, then we'll draw the line here, that's it. Nobody's going to be telling us what way we can talk, how, how to talk. We're going to say what we want to say and keep going the way we're going, and that's going to be the end of that. Yeah, and this is, it's raw, it's unfiltered as it is, and look where it's at against us, you know? Yeah. It's hard hitting. We didn't want that polished shit where yeah. we're going to be like, oh, let's edit this out and include this bit, and oh stop that Terence maybe we can do that bit a bit better no. we just say it how it is there's been absolute howls of people laughing on this podcast that's blew the eardrums off people yeah. and there's been times where we are both breaking down sobbing <laughs> crying, you know what I mean so yeah. it is what it is people know what they're signing up for when they get this podcast and I think it's took that identity and that's the characteristic of this podcast now yeah. we are unfiltered and how normal you from the inner city talking not, bollocks yeah so it's that no, there won't be a filter on us going forward no no, not a hope. Moving yeah. on to the next thing that we want to have a chat about is so, a few of you who are on our Instagram page will have known, and I mentioned it last week as well. Yeah. So Terence is always saying he's never the brightest, and I always say to him, "You're a dark horse. You're, you're a lot smarter than you let on to be." But then he goes and does something fucking stupid <laughs> like this and agrees to fight a pro boxer. Yeah. So Terence has signed up the fight deck O'Garity himself and the Willow fella, the Willow who was a previous guest of ours. Yeah, yeah, Willow's a legend. So well, he's another stupid cunt I get involved. Exactly. The two of them are going to fight Echo Garrity on the same night. Yeah. Back to back one after each other. Um, actually, fancies our chances if the two of us were in the ring at the same at point. At the same point, we'd have a half a chance. Yeah. It's <laughs> one on one now, it's, oh, it's 
to hard There's little to no hope, bro. Basically, Tell you what, but Cullen you now is saying it's popper, he's gonna fail it. So, Deco, yo, I hope you're ready. So, uh, and anyways, it's for Temple Street. So, it is for a good cause. They're not just getting in there for a bit of a laugh on Instagram. Mm. We're going to set up a GoFundMe. There's going to be a link. I think there might be a raffle as well. There's, There's going to be a few bits done in any yeah. ways. Yeah, so... We're looking for companies to get involved. Uh, we have two on board. Two on board so far. Yeah, yeah. We have two on board so far. And we're looking for more. Uh, one of them is John Maxi. John Maxi, And the other one is... Blue Duck Valley. They're, they're the two companies that are jumping on board to sponsor us and give a couple of hundred quid towards uh, Temple Street uh, Temple Street. So we're going to do a big uh, fundraising event going forward. So we'll have to go for me, hopefully a raffle on the night as well. Yeah. Uh, so we're open to other companies jumping on board. And myself and Terence are actually going to contribute some money from the GoFundMe. So any money left over from the equipment that we buy, we're going to throw towards the fight as well. So uh, uh, yeah, every hope- little bit makes a difference, doesn't it? Doesn't matter what <coughs> yeah. what you are throwing in, you know what I mean. So hopefully we've a decent few bob left over with some good equipment that'll get us through, and whatever is left over slapped into that, and that'll go to a better cause. You know? Yeah. So we yet we yet to confirm a date, but this is gonna only gonna get bigger now. I know it's all over social media at the moment, but well, I think it's in March. It's 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 in uh, early March. I know that for certain because. Deco has a title for you. At the <laughs> yeah. end of March, isn't it? At the end of March, over in America, making his American debut. And imagine when you knock him out, he's not going to be able to go to that. Or the you and over in bits, one or the other. Alright, so that's that. So I think uh, we'll get the zingers out of the way by the week, Terence. Well, we get the polar results out of the way from last week. Yes, so the zingers from last week are... So, sliders versus flip-flops. Yeah, now, sliders. I know a lot of people in the message are saying... They're two different things. Flip-flops are the one that go between your toes. We know that, but, but they were all called flip-flops. That, that go over your foot, but yeah, growing up, the two of them are just called flip-flops. Yeah, there, I mean? there was no, this is a flip-flop and this I is I blame a... keeping up with the Kardashians and Love Island, because since they come out, everyone's called them sliders. <laughs> I don't know why I called them sliders. That's, I just called them sliders. And anyways, a blue flip-flops out of the water, yeah? 66% of people said sliders. Yeah. 44 because it's a trendy thing to do it is it is I'm not jumping on the trend that's just all I know the good tinge of sliders but the wings Calvin the wings from. so this was a good one because I had people thinking you know what I mean so the drumstick versus the actual wing and I know people were texting us like dissecting an actual wing and saying like it's the drum and the wing and all but (laughs) people knew what it was we put a picture up on the polls Mm. so the drum got 40% and the wing got 60% so majority of people prefer the wing part the bigger part oh is that the bigger part yeah the drum is like the little kind of oh right right. well that's 60-40 anyways then the other one is obviously the stupid one the speech impediment one that we (laughs) we just let we were clutching as straws we have fuck all to go on (laughs) if you have any good zingers we shot ourselves in the fuck agreed that it was zingers every week that's so hard to come up with but you know what it is we're doing stupid things like this but you're fucking four and five of them out there and fucking the following week we're like oh bollocks what we come up with we should have held some of them well in future we're going to have to just limit it to one or two zingers a week you know but uh, cousin or cousin <laughs> don't ask me why this is in it but yeah 14% of people say cousin so someone openly went, admitted and went in and says cousin so, is wrong cousin is the way to say it hundreds of people say cousin and just for the record there's loads of people saying I have a zinger for you lads is a hospital a hospital like listen that's you're pronouncing that word wrong it's hospital no matter yeah. what way you pronounce it like the reason why we do zingers is like uh, curbs or pat is a game fresh. Yeah. yeah so they're games or the way you do you go about your life yeah. they're different terms for the same thing yeah if you're saying hospital instead of hospital 
you have a speech impediment, you want to get that looked after, you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways, moving on, the Philbert McMahon fella came up with this one last yeah, week, so Philly McMahon. A few people got on to me and said, uh, he absolutely roasted you on your own podcast, and I agree, when I said to he him, us. football is bigger than Gat, and he said, you wouldn't fill Crow Park with the football fans, and I was like, that is a good point. Well, we, I also said, we'll put it in the polls and we'll figure it out. Yeah. So we put it in the polls and we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Football, 58% of people prefer football to gas. 42% of people said gas. Now it's close because it, there's thousands of people voting. But football won. And hell, clear enough to me, 58 to 42 is clear enough. So yeah. Philly, you want to check yourself before you wreck yourself, pal. Coming in hot and heavy like that. And roasting us, calling us hood rats and all. Do you know what? You are dead bloop. You are little screws. <laughs> um, another one. Um, they're pissing the shower we stung Philly with that that was the first he yeah. came in last week oh, straight away dived on him Joe pissing the shower Philbert and uh, he does yeah he said he pissed on all the boys yeah when so he's whatever the they're in there but we yeah, won't judge them the little golden shower for the boys and the WGAA team but anyways 50 listen Calvin do you want to share your quote again what was your so quote? the quote was there's two <laughs> types of people in this world those that piss in the shower and lawyers <laughs> that's and a, a lot of people got back to us and said it Everyone who voted yes said that would have ascended to people are loyal. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let parents get, get on to the, the numbers. But we're going to keep that poll anonymous. We're not going to say who voted for we what. We won't you, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can come in, you can vote yes or no, or whatever the results may be, and we're not going to judge you either, yeah. whatever you vote. Exactly. So don't be going in the, the RDMs trying to say whoever pisses in the shower is a knacker because you're lying to yourself. We are knackers, you're not knowing about that bit. You're but pissing straight down the drain. Yeah. The water is coming down. It's not as if you're washing yourself in it. Yeah, true. But what's the numbers, Terrence? It's so, a close one, though. Yeah, it is close as well. 53% of people pissing the shower, 47% of people are lying cunts. Now, I know that's close, but what it tells me is that majority of people pissing the shower, and I say, if you go through that 47% and ask them again, directly <laughs> one-on-one, they tell you they would piss yeah. in the shower. Do you know what, guys? We're sitting here asking people if they piss in the shower or not, and we also forgot to mention the lad Bible. Oh, yeah, so... <laughs> this, this was... Now, this one... I'm not going to lie, I was a bit proud of us when I seen this. Ah, proud, because we, like, although we're doing heavy numbers on Spotify in terms of listeners... And, and Apple Podcasts, don't forget. And Apple Podcasts, yeah, definitely, sorry, my bad. And not only that, look, on social media, what surpassed 10k every yeah, week, with hundreds of people shared and stuff, listening, this, that, and the other, and it's unbelievable, but, like, to have, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like, a... Social media, a joint... Yeah, a big name like that, sort of... Well, now we've had big names sure. we had Barry Keoghan who retweeted us Liam Cunningham retweeted us on Twitter we had Kiefer Crossby and Jimmy Gallagher yeah. uh, shared us on Instagram but I mean like as a post Yoke went out of the way Lad Bible so they reached out to us last week and yeah. said we're going to do a, we're going to do a post about our uh, favourite Irish podcast can yeah. you send us over a pitch on I was like what where <laughs> in your favourite it, it's mad when you go through the names you have to like Brezzy Georgie Crawford and her old mate <laughs> Nicola Talent sitting uh, in there as well Calvin was delighted to see her I'd say <laughs> I say she's sick when she sees us in there you know definitely that's if, that, that's if she ever came across what you were saying about her but she is a little what you were saying we're in this together you said it as well sorry bro I was trying to hang you out the dry <laughs> fuck it anyways but, but yeah listen we're up there with it's them it's nice to see names. your names associated with that and when they went on to the comment section we got serious that, like, support that I couldn't believe it blue. two of us like we really sort of no matter stupid happens like if anything 
anything. We even bring each other going, Jada, Jada. And we're bringing each other going, what's the story of that conversation? Talk and bollocks, talk over. Yeah. If, you, if you haven't seen it, go over to the Lab Bible's page, click into that post and look into the comments. It's talk and bollocks everywhere. Yeah. And it's little to see, so we love you with all our hearts. Thanks for really really do. Like this, this podcast, honestly, I, I still... I know it sounds weird when I say we don't realise how big it actually is because Ooh. someone say obviously you know how big it is you're getting the messages and all but this is actually impacted on people's lives you know what I mean uh, another thing I want to touch on actually what we're talking about this people living abroad are saying is that fair play is that yeah give me the little sense of home and the little, the little taste of home I'm missing out on I'm terribly quality, homesick for everyone in Australia and New Zealand what jealousy is <laughs> and you live a rook down there you just have yeah. Instagram blown up and you're absolutely breaking me heart but fair play just because if I was in your shows I'd be doing the same so shout out to you for every other listener we have around the world look at we're just we know it's a tough time it's a tough time for everybody but we're all here for you we got a listener in the Philippines didn't we hear what's in the Philippines listening I think it was Manny Pacquiao (laughs) but we're listening to it now about 30 countries on Spotify Uh, we have to delve into the ones on Apple Podcasts but listen You'll find an Irish bar on every part of this planet. You'll find someone connected to Ireland, no matter where you go. So uh, give us a shout. Let us know where you're listening from. And, yeah, uh, we we're, love just, we're just glad we can give you that little taste of home yeah, with yeah. the travel restrictions. Right. So yeah. we'll move on to this week's Zingers. Because we know Liam's waiting on the line. Yeah, so we have Liam waiting there on the walk. So he'll be in there in a second, right? But my zinger for this week, right? Um, I don't know, will we ask Liam about this one when he comes on? We'll sting him. Oh, I'm going to sting him with this one. Um, so when you are growing up, now you're making, making a bogey, yeah? So you bring someone has 31, has bogey, make the number yeah. and give the them a bit of stick. Yeah, blade, fat cunt or whatever and then yeah. hang up. So, what does it call it? Does it call it a prank call or does it call it a bogey? See, I called it a bogey. The old hash 31 hash and then followed by the number, that is old school. It's a winner, that. See, kids these days have a handy, you can actually put it on settings now on your iPhone, can't you? That right. The number goes in as Locations private. off the whole. So, yeah. if you leave a location on, there'll be someone at your front door not yeah. happy. There was none of that back in the day. You had about a snake on the phone. Old school. And that was it. Ringing someone, have you got that money for me at all? But then it's someone else. Do you know what we used to do as well? Put the number, two phones on private and ring people and put the I phones put them together. together. Let them oh. have an argument. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, uh, anyways, we'll put that one out there. A prank call or a bogey. Or a bogey, yeah. I think a bogey is a... Uh, or a bogey, blowing out of water. It's such an inner city thing. Yeah, like, I, I, honestly, I haven't got high hopes of bogey because I know there's more well-spoken yeah. people out there listening to us. Right, they definitely right, call right. it a prank call. Well, we're going we're gonna to put it the out same there. Point that same people who call it a prank call call it a couch. And, and don't fact. piss on the show, I supposedly. That's a fact. Yeah, so. it's getting scruffs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so bogey or prank call... Bogey for the Bogey all day. Yeah, Carl, give me your zinger for the week. So, I was actually struggling for zingers and then I was making something to eat there yesterday morning and I thought, how, I've been called out on this before, how do mm-hmm. I do this, right? So when you're making a cheese toasty, yeah. how do you do it? Slap around to the George Foreman, isn't it? Yeah, see, that's an ordeal though, when they get into George Foreman. You know, no, George Foreman's in the place beside the blade toaster. I know, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. up. So, what I do is slap on a bit of toast, butter it, Put your cheese on, throw it in the microwave for 10 15 seconds, say that cheese toasty. Oh, you're a pie ball, bro. Mate, are you winding me up? It's, it's so handy. It's the same with the scrambled egg. It's I'm going to try it, don't get me wrong, but I jetty things like no, eating listen. a happy, bro. No, it's, yeah. 10, it's all about the timing. 10 15 <laughs> it has seconds. to be perfect, does oh, it? Leave it in for about 20 seconds, things will be creamy. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> honestly. Like a lump of coal coming back oh, out on the plate. Absolutely. It's like a. Uh, 
Yeah, it'd be like tarmac, melted tarmac. It'd be like Listen, I got a lot of positive feedback when I told people to get that chicken pillow rolls toasted. You did actually, yeah. Put your cheese toasty in the microwave 10-15 seconds, yeah. Fresh. Yeah, ready right, to but that's called the off for the week. Now, the next time you hear from us, Liam's gonna be on the call, so... So, we'll jump across to Liam, see how he's getting on. Liam, how are you, mate? Not too bad, not too bad. I'm vertical anyway. Yeah, I have a quick question for you to start this off there, Liam. What? How did you go from... Conan O'Brien to the Talking Bollocks podcast. Well, that's what ambition gets you. Yeah, oh. you went from Conan O'Brien to Calvin O'Brien. <laughs> exactly. Conan O'Brien was only for practice. This is the real deal. Yes, yeah. of course. He won't um, put you on the spot the way we will. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Hey, listen, right, here's a quick one for you, Limo. Right? This is how we judge people off the bat. Um, so years ago when you had a football, and, do you listen to the podcast by any chance? No. Oh, I right, don't yeah, listen to any. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah. No, the, uh, what you call it? I'm on it because Barry Kogan recommended you. Oh, did he? He's one of our own. One of he our own. He sent me a text saying, "Get on there and talk to them lads. They're good lads." Yeah, but you obviously you know got that well, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we'll no, get... I, I don't know him very well. No, we, we keep threatening to have a point, but then he's he's in London now, and I, so you know the things are difficult at the moment for yeah, obvious reasons. Back and forth. That's what you do when you have a field quid, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, boards of a feather and all that. Yeah. So yeah, the question is when we're both we're both talking from our gated communities in Hollywood, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. So the question I was gonna ask you, Liam, years ago, what? I don't know if you played now back in your day, yeah, but yeah. don't take that up the wrong way either. But sure, look, here we are. If you have a football, right, and you're on yeah. one side of the road, the mates on the other side of the road, you throw the ball over and you're trying to hit it. What you're trying yeah. to hit. What's the name of the game? The path, the edge of the path. And, yeah. what, and what you call the game? It's years since I did it. Uh... Now be careful, Lima, because we'll hang this up. We don't care how big you're at. We'll hang up this no, call. No, hold on, you're right here. And you used, to, you used to get an extra point if you hit it and you caught it back. Yeah, that yeah he knows it. He knows it. Yeah. Uh, what was, uh, uh, no, no, wasn't it? Because we used to call when you used to jump in the back of lorries when they were moving. That was That's called scoring. Yeah. 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 Oh, fuck it. Uh, oh, kids. my God. We're hanging up. Hang we're hanging up. up. Yeah, up. Sorry, it's not wrong. Yeah, it's called pass. What is lame? It's called pass. Yeah. You might be right. Where did it back? Yeah, now we're not, we're not happy about that now, but sure, look here. I guarantee no, 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 no. he used to call it Pats and then he went to Hollywood and he called the curbs. Nah, that's exactly that's what, what it was, yeah. When I was doing it in Hollywood, we used to call it curbs. He called it sidewalks. Him and Barry Jogging down the road in Hollywood, the red car. Him and Sylvester Salon and all them boys. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Uh, I have another quick one there for you, Lima. <clears throat> this one's important to me now. I'd uh, really appreciate your answer there. To your full Honestly. Ability. Yes. <laughs> um, Go on. Do you piss in the shower? <laughs> no, no. I pissed in other people's, but not me. What is answer? Party was so we appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, what we're gonna do is here today. We're just gonna let you do the talking. Oh, um, Jesus. It's all talking bollocks, so we thought who better to get in the lame Cunningham, you know yeah, what I mean? He's one of our own. The king of bollocks. He's yeah. had the bluff in his way this far, so surely he knows You're what he's doing. Right. You're right. <laughs> so we just want you to um, give us a bit of background on you, where you come up, how you come up, what life was like, skill, college, work, and how you got to where you are today. Oh, Jesus. So take us, take us uh, back. I'll give, the short, I'll, years I'll give you the short version. Mm. Um... I grew up, so we talked about Barry Kogan there earlier on. Uh, he was the same area as myself, I think. Uh, I was originally up to probably around seven, seven or eight. I was down in um, 
No, well, oh. I went to Lorenzo Tools in several yeah. places. Yeah, he's a so shout head. When they get the head boxed at me every day, it wasn't, it wasn't the brothers, the teachers. It was the, it was my fellow students, uh, and I was there at about whatever, as I say, seven, seven, eight, I think it was something like that. And yeah. then I moved out to the dizzy heights of Kulak. Oh, sorry, uh, the hell. so out of the yeah. frying pan into the fire. Exactly, exactly. And I was there. I lived there and never went anywhere until I got on a plane uh, when I was twenty-two. Uh, the first time on a plane was twenty-two, was it? I was married before I was on a plane. What age were you married there? 22. Oh. I got married that... and then two, three weeks later I went and went off to live in Africa for three was, and a half years. It was that bad, was it, the marriage? <laughs> I had, and she went, I tried to lose her at the airport. She made it out with me. She got on the plane. <laughs> now, how the fuck so did you end up in Africa? Yeah, you went to Africa. What happened there? I was in the ESB. I was in the ESB for about 11 years. All right. Uh, did me, did me time, served me time there. And... Uh, like because I'd never been anywhere, and they came over a, f- a few years after independence. Uh, they basically the electricity network. Um, they'd no one to run it. They'd pay, all the all the whites, all the racists were leaving town and leaving the country. What part so they came over again? looking for. Sorry, uh, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, sorry. Yeah. So me and about twenty five or thirty other youngless around twenty one, twenty two, went over. I've been begged by by loads of producers. Uh, to, to, to write this down and that they'd love to make a television series over. These loads of young was going over to Africa. Lo- mostly... We lacked in a fire if you want. We lacked you 40, 40 years ago. Giving four-wheel drive Land Rovers and guns and driving <laughs> around Africa. Uh, and so we did that. I did that for about three. It's a couple of them stayed. Most of them, I think, came home. Yeah. Uh, and then what happened, about a month after I came back, they put me back in my little yellow van driving around driving. <laughs> yeah. That's another tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love now, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after about a month of that, when I was in Africa, one of the places I looked after was the National Park, which is about the size of Belgium. Uh, oh, and, Belgium? Uh, yeah, that's just a, just the National Park. One of the places I looked after, and that like 16, at the time I was there, like 16,000 elephants, the whole lot. Wow. So when you come back after all that and they put you in a yellow van to drive around Walkerstown, it doesn't have the same glamour. Yeah, it's very hard to grow up in the morning then, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. You're not going to see any wildebeest. Uh, I don't there. know. In, in I Rimini, you, yeah. you see worse. There's a few of them. But, um, so uh, a month after I came back then, I was just going, I, said, I had said to myself, I can't do this anymore. I've already done it. You know what I mean? That's you what I do. Yeah, I get you, yeah. And that's how I ended up back then. I was nodding the back of a newspaper at acting school. And I, I, I was looking for a hobby now. I was looking for something to strike because the job was boring. Now, how old are you at this day? It's 43. Just say 11 years. Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> now, I started me I was 17 or whatever. Right, right, uh, right. So I was 25, nearly 26 or whatever. Right. And that would so be a fun. weird one, Liam, because back then, a job in the ESB is absolutely massive. That's a job for life, as you say. Well, let me give you an example of exactly what you're saying. Right. After two years in the acting school, uh, and I des- when I decided to jack the job, I fell in love with the whole acting thing. Uh, I knew I had to go in and tell me the outlet. I mean, outlet was a yeah. docker and a crown driver. Yeah, oh, say he took that way. Hard man. <laughs> hard man. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, I went in, he was sitting there in his armchair with his newspaper out, and I said, I'll get this done. I was a bit nervous going on to him. <laughs> in the grand secure job for life. He used to go around boasting to everyone that he's at, that his son was in the board in the ESB. Yeah. So I walked in, uh, and uh, he knew I was doing the, doing the acting and all. But I just said, here, Dad, 
Nervous, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just blew it. I said, no, I'm, I'm jogging in the job. I'm going to be an actor." So he 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 did he did this. He had the nerve power in front of him. He didn't even turn his head. He just said, "For fuck's sake!" <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That was his only comment on me jacking him his job and going to. Yeah, that was he. He, did, he didn't even bother to attack me over it. He was just hugely disappointed. That's old school Irish father, you know. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. I know. I used to do a bit there for ESB myself. I know. I don't know yeah. if I'm actually loyal now to say that, but yeah. there was people in there, and uh, to show how old school we are, some of them still got paid in cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in cash because that's what how yeah. they're going down and collecting the labour on a Monday morning oh, I don't know about that now we'll say no more what you probably had to sign for it yeah. <laughs> uh, now I used to get it I used to get in a, in a, in a manila envelope Me, I think and it doesn't show you how old, how old I am uh, was 78 something. I was about I used to get I think 13 quid a week yeah and many shillings as well many shillings there was a bit of change in the bottom of the envelope long envelope like that and the, the the lid of the envelope had a little cut out in it, and they used to fold the cash over so you could count the cash without holding the envelope. <laughs> old school, Mad. that is old school. So but obviously yeah. you had a vision with this act. I, no, uh, no, I didn't. I had naivety. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. But Very different. Naivety <laughs> is a wonderful thing. It makes right. you do stuff you really shouldn't do. Yeah. So here we are with a podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. For uh, show. Acting skill, you told the elf, Yeah. That no, that, that was after, that was coming to the end of the acting skill. You knew I was doing it, but it was weekends and evenings and all that. It was like part-time. Right, right, right. Because uh, so I couldn't afford, I couldn't afford to do full-time. I had to do my job. I had a gaff here. I didn't marry now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I couldn't, I couldn't just, you know, throw caution to the wind until, until the end of it. So yeah, I jacked you... in. I remember I got a few, few grand back of me, of me pension scheme when I jacked the job. And uh, and I lived on that for for as long as I could until oh, I could start making a few quid. You must have got a sniff of some sort of success though to say, look, if I pack that in, I can go full time here. There must be something in your mind that said, yeah, I have to pack in the job and focus on this. Yeah, it was. It, there was a there was a case that if you don't put your energies into it. Now uh, also, I had the back up. I had a I had a box of tools. I was a qualified spark. So I I said to myself loosely, I said, I'll give this about five years max. And if nothing's happening by then, I'll go back with my tools. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I got real lucky. <laughs> so, what was your first role? Like, your first paycheck? The one where you could say, do you know what, I tried to make it work well. Well, you can win and say it to the outfit then. What you, remember that I time? haven't got a paycheck that's made it work well yet. Yeah. Just a few quid, fella. Look at up the few, Bob. It all goes to me Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first big role then? Uh, first big role. That's a good question. Well, you know what? The first job I did I, for a, a theatre company, and I needed to learn. I was very practical about it. I tried to treat it like an apprenticeship. Yeah. Like I didn't know much, and I needed to do it to, to, to get better at it. But at the beginning, when I jacked in the job, mate, the fella who'd, who'd actually uh, auditioned me for the acting school, he had a, a theatre company, and uh, there was a, a, a really cool play called The Men for Art at Clearly. And, and we went, I went around Clondog and Tala and around a bit around the country doing the electrics on it for nothing. Yeah. Right. So I was the electrics. I'd set up the lights uh, and you'd be in parish halls and community halls and all that, putting this great, really cool play on. And then I got lucky. The fellow who was playing the lead in it got a television role <laughs> and broke the director's heart when he turned around and went, I'm fucking off here. 
Yeah. And your man went bananas because the reviews were great on the play and all. And then he came yeah. to me. And the play was about a bloke who'd lived away, lived in Dublin, inner city, drove a motorbike, had been away for a few years and came back to came back to a, uh, to a Dublin that had changed with drug dealers and moneylenders and all that. So I'd, I'd basically done the bleeding research. Yeah. And yeah. he put me in as the lead. And then I met Paul... Uh, Paul Mercier. Now you you won't know the name, but you'll know you'll you'll certainly know the work he's done. Uh, all the Roddy Doyle stuff, the commitments and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolute classics. But all the players, all the Jimmy Rabbit players and all that. So he auditioned me while, uh, while I was doing that, and he, I got two plays off him. Uh, and then uh, uh, and then I was somebody came along and saw one of the players, and then uh, I was called in for a meeting, and within six months of jacking the job, I was on the stage in London, on the Royal Court, in Sloane Square. I'd never been in a theatre in England, yeah. even in the fucking seats. Yeah. Never mind on the stage. On the stage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I got that. Uh, and then that kind of started the ball rolling. I, I was in the right place at the right time, uh, and and I brought me bollocks working, uh, you know, up morning, well, noon and night. You have to, to get the way you right. had to get mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you do need the work. You need the look, but you need the work. Of yeah, course. so so that's what you were doing. So you were you're you were following these theater, well these plays around, putting on the the, the just doing the electrics, doing the, doing lights, the electrics, yeah, trying to get some exposure and learning from the acting that was actually going on. Yeah, I mean the deal was the next production that I said, look, I'll do the electrics if the next production that you do there's something in it for me, uh, yeah, and that, that 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 was the deal. And then the your man uh, pulled out a pulled out a play, and they put me in. So that was a pretty look. And, that was and I'd watched it. I'd watch. I'd watched it loads of times, obviously doing the electrics and all that. So I'd been studying it, studying it, watching all the actors and all. So I'd, I'd been doing the research while I thought I'd never be in, never be in it, you know. Yeah. So I, I was prepared, apart from yeah. learning the fucking thing. So you said there, Lane, that the play was about a fella who lived in, grew up in Dublin, left and came back to a different environment. How were you yeah. able to relate to that yourself? So what was your experience of that? Like, what were your friends in that doing when you came back to Dublin with the ESB? And well, it was you... really weird because when, when I came back, I was only back, I was only back a month. And I remember seeing the older guys, the fellas who kind of uh, accepted the job for life. And yeah. these were blokes that before I went away, I used to be gargling with. And they were heads and my mad bosses. And when yeah. I came back then, they were, you know, they were settled down. They had kids. They had all that. Uh, and they, they, they were... If I want to be better word, they were like institutionalized, you know, they were they yeah. settled in. Yeah, yeah. They just accepted I, it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I couldn't because I'd done the African thing. I'd had my eyes open, you know. I mean, you, listen, I'm not giving out about it. Some, yeah. some people, some people are great. They didn't have to put up the shite if I ever work again. And do you reckon if you, if you didn't do the African thing, do you reckon that you, you would have eventually got sick of it and tried something else as in acting or anything like that? Or do you reckon you would have stuck with ASB by life or... I, I think I think I, you know what it's funny. I, I tend not to think about what if. Uh, Point is wonderful, uh, isn't it? But but now that you asked the question, I'd have, I'd have probably I'd have probably stuck it out and, yeah. and been filled with a with a certain amount of self loathing for sticking because it out. Because you know what that is, Liam. I feel like that's like it's not almost instilled into Irish people as per se as like if you have a good job, you stick with that good yeah. job. Yeah. And, and don't don't let that slip. Don't take the bollocks. Yeah. yeah. You'll get that job. You'll get that wage. You no one. It was a, it, no yeah, one has that known, known as the ground secure job. The ground secure job, son, you have there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, so maybe that comes. And again, most up. people are a lot of most people are happy with that. I said it before, like yeah, you know, most most people are happy with you know that they're with you know they change their card every 
four years or whatever, they're able to pay their mortgage off, they're able to go for a holiday, uh, not worry too much about, about bills, able to pay their bills and all that. And, and they're content with that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing to be ashamed about no, that. Um, I, just, I just wasn't happy with that. Yeah, like maybe that yeah. just comes from like growing up in a working class area where opportunity is yeah. limited. So if you get this opportunity, do not let it slip. Exactly. Don't rock uh, the boat kind of thing. Don't get ahead of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. But you got to taste the, that there's more to life. There's a, another world out there and you got the experience in the heart of Africa. So uh, yeah. when did you actually, so you got your theatre role. When did you start getting uh, the behind, in front of the camera? So your television and movie roles then? Well, I tried to do a couple of, again, just to get the experience, I did a couple of short short things, short movies that were now paid, you know, 10 minutes long things and, and tried to work out how to, because it's a, it's like a different set of muscles in front of a camera. Uh, on stage, it's it's like a marathon, you know, you've, it's two hours of a play yeah. uh, and it's using your whole body and, and in a space, in a room. Um, with, with a, you know, with a, with a, a camera, you, well. with a camera, you can tell a story with the raising of your eyebrow. Yeah, you can't do that on stage. You're using your whole body because you have to get to the, you know, the person on the back row. Yeah. so you have to do all that. But I was, I was doing a trilogy, a great place called the Wexford Trilogy. Uh, Billy Rhodes, Wexford, great writer, and I was doing them in London. And one of the people that was involved in the theatre dragged me in, said we're doing this new series for BBC. And I went in and met them, and it was about oil rig workers. So they obviously wanted working class blokes, and there's quite a few Irish working in the oil rig. So I was sent in as the driller. Mm -hmm. So on these, uh, so uh, so I'd seen. Uh, do you remember uh, what was it? Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, uh, a great film, Stanley yeah. Kubrick film. So I had on me on me hard hat. I had a load of graffiti, and I got it. I had Driller Killer on, <laughs> on the side, and uh, and on the other side, I think I had I drill. Therefore, I am. Yeah, yeah. Driller so, by uh, name. Driller by nature. Exactly. That sort of thing. Yeah. So it, there was there was all sort of that. So it was a really good introduction with loads of really good people in it, uh, and uh, it was kind of. I'll show you how long ago it was. It was kind of the sexy male lead for a while. I was handsome at one stage, lad. It's all a heavy. It is hard to heavy limb. <laughs> <laughs> well, you be imaginations as you. <laughs> yeah, you have a great imagination. Got you where you are now. But anyway, a lot of stayed to me. Uh, but uh, that that got that got the eye on me then, and. Um, and I start getting kind of fairly regular roles then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I suppose I don't really want to tell you a story for you, but Come on. my earliest memory of you would be from more the Buttons. So would that be yeah. your first kind of breakout major role, kind of in a production? Yeah, yeah, production? it was. Yeah, David Putnam. This is the man who um, uh, who produced the Mission and Killing Fields and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, what was that running, running, dun, 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 whatever that fucking <laughs> running thing was, uh, did well. So, uh, yeah, and he lives down in Cork, so he, I think it was probably his last movie. I probably ruined his career. But we went down to West Cork. <laughs> went down to West Cork for Warner Brothers. Yeah, that was the first first kind of male lead. Although the film is about the kids, but the, yeah. the grown-up male lead, yeah, I suppose, yeah. was in that. So that kind of got me on... Got me on uh, uh, that that kind of got me on the radar of over in the states. You know, just it was Warner Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, yeah, you actually were fairly handsome in that. Actually, Lemo, just uh, <laughs> uh, that's CGI, chief. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the haircuts bleed brutal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> sure, look, it was in at the time, wasn't it? It's in again. That's the fucking problem at the moment. It's coming back. <laughs> it's coming back. Give me your flashbacks. But yeah. uh, so you were saying that that, that brought you towards America, sort of. Yeah. 
yeah, there was a yeah, and I did a movie then with. Uh, after that, that was Warner Brothers, and then I got a show. Uh, I had to go back then and do another series of uh, uh, Roughnecks and that, and then I had to do a, a tape and an audition for um, a director called Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, you would have seen it. If you saw Gravity, do you ever see Gravity? That, uh, the one that the space yoke with George Clooney and all yeah, that. Yeah, I think yeah. I uh, that. It won Best Fucking Picture or something. Yeah. It won a best, a load of Oscars and that. And he did one of the Harry Potter films as well. And So I did this movie called A Little Princess, a kids movie, but it was gorgeous. Gorgeous kids movie. It was Oscar nominated and all that. Mm. Um, and then I did that and then uh, and I did a movie with Sean Connery from then I was I was going back and forward for five, for five years I remember talking to you Mr. about this for five years at the start they meant it kind of you say yes to everything you can yeah you don't want to turn your I was either something. flying back into Dublin either on Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve for five years in a row and that way you know there's always trouble with planes and cancellations of bad weather yeah everything. Uh, at Christmas time, so it was it was always stressful trying to get home for Christmas. You know, you can't miss Christmas here. Your mum, your mum stabbed me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, so there was all that. Yeah. And come here. So uh, you said you met some big people along the way, and you were in yeah. big things. It's your most proud moment not being in the wind that shakes the barley because that film is absolutely detrimental. Not that sorry, right. it's pivotal in telling the story of Irish history. Do you not think yeah, it's sense of pride? Wasn't told. Yeah, but we don't like talking about the civil war here because because no. it's Irish against Irish. Exactly. Yeah, uh, it doesn't fit the narrative. Uh, if the Brits are bad, it's what happened yeah, after well, the Brits left. We got into more yeah, trouble. Yeah, was it was it was nearly as bad. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it was Ken Loach. Apart apart from Aunt Nels, just to get the chance to work with Ken Loach, uh, he was just a god. He's brilliant, and he's really unusual way of working. <clears throat> and he's got a brilliant. He's got a great kind of so, conscience, social conscience, you know. Yeah. And he's a lefty, yeah. uh, and I, lo- I love all that. And he's he's the proper man to come in and tell that job. I can't think of anybody, any Irish, anybody, any Irish director come to mind. No, mm. you had to you had to have somebody. If you're offered a, a thousand directors, Ken Loach would be the one. The and it just shows that mm. uh, one of the best. I have to tell you, it's one of the best moments we had in that because we won the the Palme d'Or. In, in France, I, I can, right? I can, Which is yeah. the Oscar. It's world film, you know. It's the it's the best of the best. And when we were when we were coming out, uh, uh, we'd got a, like a fucking ten or fifteen minutes standing ovation after. It. Nobody, you don't know how it's going to be accepted, whether anybody will get it or be able to yeah. understand the accent. Yeah, around. yeah. And we walked outside, and it's a weird thing when there's a weird thing that happens in in in, in Cannes is that it, the word gets out very fast when there's heat. Behind the movie, when it's when something has, uh, oh, has put the hair yeah. on people's neck, yeah. And we walked out in our in our borrowed dicky bows and all that. <laughs> and we walked out on the top. There was a big gang of us there, and it's the place where that you know where all the photographs, all the all the boards were in half, barely nothing on, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> on, on, on the red carpet. Those big big stairs, yeah. <clears throat> and we walked out on the top. All the photographers, and there's hundreds of photographers, and all the people when we walked out, we didn't know any of this. We'd never done it before. They were all clapping, and. And here's the interesting bit. You know those lighting rigs, the aluminium <coughs> crisscross poles yeah. on the light? Yeah. <coughs> outside the cinema, on top of the stairs. And while we were standing there getting the claps, they play it, oh, no, shade the Baha Walia. No way. While we were standing there, us singing it in the film, and they played it while we were singing. So we were standing can with all, all the people in the south of France listening to Oh, Oh, Shout of Oh, Wally. None of them know what I meant or anything like that. Yeah. Rip my Patrick, Patrick Pierce and all. And, yeah. that, and that, I remember thinking that was, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't want to kill you more of you, so they're playing our song here, Kelly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and that, that, was a, that was a kind of a real cool moment. Yeah, that was really cool. That's class. I suppose... It's a great film. We can't have an interview with Liam Cunningham and not mention Game of Thrones. What? Name what? Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 just a little production that uh, was yeah. around for a while there. It dried yeah. up a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah badly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. count depressed over that, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> That's not our fault, Liam. Yeah. yeah. Tell us how that came about. How do you get the call for that? Um, uh, well, I found out after I'd been on it that the lad saw Hunger, the, the film I did with Fassbender, the Bobby Sands film. That's the one yeah. that won the after. Uh, no, the one that, no, that was a that was a short. Well, I don't think it won any BAFTAs. That you won yeah, one with Fast. They're a bit, they're a bit miserable. The BAFTA heads yeah. when it comes to Irish films. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, no, they they seen that. Well, they seen Hunger. No, we won the BAFTA for the, the short film that I did with Michael. Well, yeah, uh, about a robbery. I think it's online. You should have a look at it. It's funny. Yeah, um, yeah we will. We'll have a gander. Yeah, it's, worth, it's worth a look it's only 15 minutes long yeah. it probably suits your attention span after you listen to the podcast we'll, we'll go and watch some of your films that's a deal but uh, yeah they, they'd seen Hunger and in Hunger there's a, there's a I'm only in one scene but it's like it's, it's just me and him talking for 20 minutes or so so the scene was really long so one of the things that as you know from watching the show a lot of the scenes are really long they're very wordy yeah. they're really interesting it's, it's like a chess game yeah. very clever difficult to write I'm brilliant if you can pull it off. Um, so they'd seen that, and I was I was pulled in early early on for the fourth because I wasn't in the fourth season, but I was pulled in at the start uh, before it all kicked off, and I met them for another part in it. And then they came back, and the usual way Hollywood or most of these places get rid of you is sorry, it hasn't worked for you this time. They've decided to go another way. Yeah, They're all yeah. very gentle. I'm basically saying we don't believe in magic. Yeah, yeah sure, right? coach on. So so they said that. However, they said at the end of it, they said, look, that, we're going to go another way with that part, but we've, we've parts coming next year and we might want to talk to you then. And I went, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and sure enough, they came back and said, will you come in and have a read for this part? So I went in um, and that's, that's basically, I went in and, and had a meeting and I did an audition for them and they, they offered me the role. And, and did and you were, know, huh? did you know back then that it was going to be as big as is, oh, how anybody says they knew it as a fucking lawyer. Yeah, yeah they pissed in the shower. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they pissed in the shower. Just the scum. I knew it was going to be good because I obviously I'd read the script and, and uh, I'd read the first script and it, it, and it was bulletproof. I've been in this game long enough. Listen, the same with, yeah. people ask me, well, you know, what it's going to be good, good. I'm the same as anyone. You know what a good book is and a bad book is. You fucking yeah. throw out bad books and you stick with the good ones. That's I'm I'm the same with scripts. Right. You have to use your imagination a bit more because they're a bit more sparse. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, but I read it and I just went because uh, my agent rung me up and and, and said, Do "You want to go along with this?" And uh, and I said, "No, you're all right. Fucking dragons and we'll yeah. all that. <laughs> Will you go away?" I yeah. said, no, it's HBO, look, it's people who made Deadwood and, you know, the wire and all that. Yeah. I said, well, yeah. give me a read of it. And I read it and I went, this isn't the fuck all to do with dragons and that. This is about power. This yeah. is about jealousy and betrayal and legacy and paranoia and all that. Uh, and I read it and I said, go on, yeah, I'll have a look at this. Um, and that's that's why I went across because I, I read the script. Um, and I knew it was going to be good. I didn't know it was going to be huge. It, it defies pop culture. Like, you can't go anywhere without seeing it. Like, when it's mad. I was in Croatia there a couple of years ago in Dubrovnik, and that's all. On the run, were you? Uh, say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But all you see is just Game of Thrones tours because that's like King's Landing. Yeah, and then Dubrovnik, yeah. You go up the north and it's just, it's filmed up there and it's a selling point. No matter where you're at in the world, Game of Thrones was filmed here. Yeah, they oh, probably, mad. They probably filmed 50 no minutes of it there. You know? yeah. We were filming, we were filming in, in Spain and the, the bastards were sending up drones and, and live broadcasting us filming. Yeah. Uh, oh, no we, we, way. Uh, we, <laughs> we were in, uh, in Bilbao and the fans broke into the hotel and were running around the corridors trying to kick the doors in, trying to get to us. Oh, Unbelievable. We had to fly in security and all. We, hundreds in, uh, in, yeah, in Seville, wasn't it? Yeah. In, I mean, look, bands get this all the time, especially boy bands. Mm. But they're in, the, they're in the town for one, maybe two days, two concerts. We were, the last time we were, I think, 11 days in Seville. And every night, there was hundreds of people surrounding uh, the hotel waiting for us to get. And they, they had guards at, at any of the entrances into this gate of hotel to roar to the rest of them to run around if we came in a different entrance or anything like that. It was nuts. It was like, Madness. It was like being That's part of the nuts. The Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> it was mad. Like, like Noel Harden uh, in the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know how he puts up with it. It's shy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it was it was really interesting. They're they're pretty full on in, in the Spanish countries and Brazil and all. I went. There, I was lucky. I was invited to the World Cup. Um, it was the last Irish man to be at the World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I made a mistake of taking my hat off in the in, uh, in the shade. It was roasting uh, when it was going, and I got noticed we were walking up to uh, our hospitality suite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I had to make a run for it there. I've had to make a few runs. I had to run over a few players. It's weird when you have to run out of a bar in a country you've never been in before. Yeah, like yeah. I can't wait to feel like that. <laughs> it's all ahead of you, Chief. It's all yeah. ahead of you. Thank you. Well, but, I hope so. So this kind of leads me on to my question here. So I was thinking, like, well, you're known for Game of Thrones, but you're acting more over 30 years. Yeah. And it's probably your most recent work you're known of. And do you not feel like that's kind of overshadowing, overshadowing the hard stuff you put in at the start? No, you drive yeah. yourself mad with that stuff. You'll drive yourself mad because people used to say, like after Win the Chase of Barley, I was your man who won the Chase of Barley. Yeah. Now when you were younger, it was your man who wore the buttons. This Game of Thrones is going to go on me fucking headstone, probably. Yeah. But, but it takes a while. The, the, it's bizarre how, how short the public's memory is. Now, you'll have people who will in 30 years time will say oh, I remember you on Game of Thrones but as a as a body of people uh, the public's memory is very short that's why you see actors coming up again and again you yeah. know even though they've been locked onto some other yeah. other part but, and it wasn't a, I mean look Game of Thrones wasn't my show it's an ensemble piece there was loads yeah. of people in it and whatever so it takes a while to shake off but I have a couple of yokes coming out uh, that have gone yeah plug them in here now while you can next month I think you should, go, you should have a look at The Vault there's a great it's a heist movie I did in Madrid uh, that's coming out now uh, next month I think right. and it's worth a view proper heist movie robbing the bank and I'm, I'm the I'm the criminal master of course yeah. you're at, yeah. of course. course I am you have the, you have the background my wife yeah. <laughs> uh, should have been called the post office you would have been better than that yeah, yeah that's it yeah yeah <laughs> I have a quick question here. Yeah, I should have asked you earlier what? on the podcast, but because it goes off topic a little bit, but a quick one for you. What? Who's the what? most famous person in your phone book right now? Most famous person in my phone? Probably Donald Trump. I'm only what? joking. No, oh, joking. you're joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
<laughs> you told you had a scoop there, didn't yeah, you? We yeah, thought, we, the yeah we thought we were in there. Yeah, we thought we had the next guest lined up. Uh, <laughs> um, who's in? Who? Uh, Jesus, I don't know. Well, all the cast of Game of Thrones are in there because we were had a yeah. WhatsApp group. What that might be? Give us some of the uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, uh, who will? I don't. It's it's weird. Listen, all my none of my mates are actors and all like that. They they forget that I'm an actor, uh, which are yeah. which are kind of like. Yeah, um, so yeah, just like a normal Joe show. <coughs> the normal Joe. Yeah. Um, That's always good. Um, I, I, um, I don't know. That. I don't know. There's a few in there, but we, we, I, I we don't... We have a sample of what you're doing right now. Take that flip-flop right. out of your mouth. Yeah. You're struggling there, yeah. That's, that's what you used to say. My mouth is dry as my hat and Gandhi's flip-flop. flip-flop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old school, that is. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so we'll move on to some of the questions we have lined up, Liam, right? So as you said, uh, so you know Barry... Uh, obviously, you'll, you'll have to know a whole heap of other Irish actors. A few of them, yeah. Yeah. Do you I feel... don't work in Ireland that much, apart from Game of Thrones, which is up Northern Ireland. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I don't really work in Ireland very much. Yeah, you, you got too big for Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're a snob. Not now, too big. Sorry. Me boots occurred to me, missus. So, do you, do you feel like uh, Irish people? There's an underrepresentation of Irish people in Hollywood. No. There's, 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 there's not that many big names that are Irish. There's not that many Irish people. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a fair. There's point. enough of us. Remember, well, Ireland's, Ireland's talented. All of Ireland is only about a third of the size of Greater London. Mm. Yeah, so I know, but we do punch above our weight. Definitely, we definitely do that. Mm. Uh, and and listen, apart from anything else, we're held in very high regard. We've what four is it? Nobel Pride winners for Nobel laureates uh, for writing. Yeah, um, which is like unheard of. Writers and storytellers is what we are. We love a yarn. But you know, we love the chats, yeah. love the bands, yeah, um, love a and, boxing uh, match as well. We do, we love the throwing an old dig, yeah, and, um, them and I think, and we're you know, the, the, I mean, we get you know, the trick, the trick is to avoid Ireland becoming just a location and and trying to get some money, um, to, to tell stories and Irish stories and Irish productions and all that. And it's really important. I mean, look, look at for instance, just on that topic. Look what Game of Thrones has done for Northern Ireland. I've bumped yeah. into people in Northern Ireland who are now coming to Belfast on their bleeding honeymoon. Yeah. Can you imagine wow. that 10 years ago? Man, yeah. Well, it was gorgeous. Fucking you know, the tourist, The tourist thing has gone through the roof because of Game of Thrones. And people don't think of Northern Ireland now as, as a place of, of trouble and civil war and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's that a part of that is, is Game of Thrones. It changed the image of the place. And you can't, you can't buy that. That has no. to be done. It's priceless. That's excellent. Priceless. Yeah. That's, that's serious. Yeah. Um, do you ever get starstruck, Liam? Oh, when's yeah. the last time you got starstruck? I, remember, I, got, I got big time starstruck twice. Right. Uh, once with Sean Connery when I did a, 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 a dodgy movie called First Night. Was that right? <laughs> yeah. well, he well, would have been James was, Bond for you. You know what I mean? He, he, was, he was my James Bond, yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. standing and we walking up to where I was. It was um, King Arthur and all that. And I was one of the knights at the round table. Or yeah. couldn't you guess? Yeah. <laughs> I was his right hand man and I remember walking up this hill in fucking Basingstoke with 300 marines holding flaming torches I'm walking up and I was about to have me first semen and I remember walking up the hill and going to myself fuck me that's Sean Connery <laughs> and, and, and doing that and, and, and I had to pull myself together because I was yeah. I was starting to get you know starstruck and it was yeah. the same I held a gun on uh, I don't know if you ever saw Harry Brown no uh, but that's word of view uh, Michael Caine. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I had Michael Caine. I had to put a bullet in Michael Caine. And he was lying on the floor. And I remember having the gun and I'm going, fuck me, that's Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> Madness. Yeah, I, get, I do get starstruck. And yeah. at, at the awards things, you go to the awards shows and I had Jane Lynch coming up to me. Do you remember 40-year-old virgin and all that? Yeah, were, yeah. She's brilliant, man. She's brilliant. Yeah. And she's in... Uh, uh, what else is she? Cocaine. Yeah. What did I have when I got up in the morning? Cocaine. What did I have for lunch? Would it be cocaine? Oh, that stuff. She's fucking brilliant. <laughs> you love this, yeah. Uh, she came up to me. I've had a few heads coming up. Larry Fishbourne came up to me from the Matrix. Yeah. And one of the my audition was Apocalypse Now that he's in. He was 14 when he did it. That was my no audition. Way. And he came up to me and said, dude, he said, I love your work. The fucking show is unbelievable. Blah, blah. And I said, let me stop you there. So the only reason you're saying this to me is because of what you did. And he went, what do you mean? And I said, my audition was Apocalypse Now. And he, his fucking head nearly blew open. I said, no I'm an actor. Way. That's because madness. Of, because of you and the film you did. And he, co- he couldn't get his head around it. That's unbelievable, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so when you have people like that coming up to you, and you just kind of go, holy Jesus. I'm being dragged yeah. into a club I never thought I'd be a part of. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? As I said, it's funny. It's weird. You can't take it seriously. It's, you know, it's, it's so flavor of the month. The whole yeah. lot. So a couple of years ago, I was Liam Cunningham. Yeah. Now I'm Liam Hill. Now you're a man off the big <laughs> Game of Thrones. Now you're a man off. What was that thing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you remember him? Yeah. I remember that yoke with the dragons and all. Yeah. No, because I just thought, like, you know what I mean? Because there's so little Irish actors out there in Hollywood that, like, you know, when yeah. you're, you're over there, you text me, Colin Farrell, where are you? Do you want to go for something to eat? You know what I mean? I'm in town. <laughs> Listen, I have, I have representation, as they say. I have an agent manager in LA. And as I like to say, they live over there, so I don't have to. Yeah, so, so you would say in Calessa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why <laughs> I do it. It's not a, it doesn't suit LA. It's, I'm, I'm envious of people who go over there and go, this is great, love the weather and all that. I, don't, I, like, I like the seasons. It's fucking same temperature all the time. It's, it's predictably sunny. sunny. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. It's great. You know what it's like over here now in August? You get two weeks of sunshine and then everyone starts going, Jeez, I'd love a bit of rain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's what I'm one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's your favourite actor to walk alongside? Oh, Jesus. I've been blessed, man. I've walked with great people. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I was blessed on Game of Thrones. Do you remember? I don't even remember Stannis. Stephen Delane played Stannis the Manus, mm. as we call him. My first boss for the first few seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. He's yeah. great. He got up in all sorts of trouble. He didn't know what he said. He said in interviews he didn't know what was going on. And they asked him, What did what did you miss? He says, The money. Uh, yeah. just <laughs> and I have a certain amount of respect for that. But as as regards working, he's he's one of the best actors I've ever worked with. He's brilliant. I'd love to work with him again. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and Carice Van Out, the girl who played the red the red witch, the red woman yeah. and all that. I did a movie before Game of Thrones or Horror. And she's just a fucking genius in front of the camera. I, I just, she's just great to work with. She, she's, she just knows how to mangle a camera. She's brilliant in front of a camera. You'd, le- you'd learn off her. She's really good, yeah. very subtle and all. She's brilliant. Yeah. And it's the anyone you want to work with in future. Surely, Barry. Has lo- on that list. It's weird. There's loads of people. I, I, I'm ten, I get attracted to stories, to scripts, yeah. and then hope to Jesus they put the right people in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I don't get, I, sometimes you get, oh, such and such. And I get, I've got offered. Uh, superhero shite uh, you know to be part of and series and, uh, uh, and a couple of those big things and I've just gone I've read the script and just went why do you even want me there's nothing for me to do here yeah, you know yeah. uh, they're just you know they're, they're all formulaic there's nothing interesting to, they're great they're roller coaster rides so I bring my kids along to say I did the mummy and all that I'm not yeah. snobby about this stuff 
but they have to, it has to be a decent part where you can either make someone laugh or jump in their seat or whatever it may be. Kind of express yourself, be, be like remembering, didn't it? Like, well, no, to, to bring yeah. something to it, you know, yeah. to, to yeah. bring something that when, when you show up on screen, you've got people's concentration because you've got something yeah. to keep their concentration. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, Lima, what I was asking you there, um, I think in my head now, just off the cuff here, yeah? What, um, what? Have you been in town recently, like I like Moor Street, anywhere like that? I'm not allowed. Boy, what you mean? Oh, right, right. Well, previous to that, in, like in the last, like before COVID last year, the start uh, of last yeah. year. Yeah, I've well, yeah, done Moor Street a few times, going to FX Buckley for Pigs Trotters and all that, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the difference between Moor Street and all now than to back in your day? And I say back in your I day. I love it. I'll tell you why I love it. Right. There's idiots out there who think uh, oh, the old ways were the best ways. And the traders were still there. And I used to love getting up there. You put your hand on an apple and you get hit with a stick. Yeah. Because you're out your fruit. You're giving what you're fucking... But all that. I love all those girls. Yeah. And there's a few, a few of the sons I know. Um, one of the... Garrett... Uh, what's his name? Uh, his man was a, a, a trader. And uh, what's your man who won the Oscar for the uh, once? Do you remember... What's his name on the guitar? Red-haired fella. Uh, he does the busking oh, every day. Yeah. Fucking... <laughs> we're talking about the film. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm going blank. I'll look him up now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, well, falling slowly, man, yeah, man, falling slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Glenn he, Hazard, Glenn Hazard. Yeah, I think his man was a trader on Mill Street. What? But I yeah. love it. You walk, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think she was. But you walk up there now, and you you can get your hair extensions, your dreadlocks put in now. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That. And you yeah. can now go up Parnell Street and get a get a big Korean barbecue and all that. <laughs> <laughs> that's you the it. that's the world we have now. It's great. Yeah. It's all new. What Multicultural. Is it People who are too nostalgic and afraid to change and all that. I, I agree with you. I, think, I think the memories of things are always better in your head. And then when you get the chance to go back Correct. and do something that you did 10, 15 years ago, you go, yeah. that's exactly. the same as it was. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot with um, in this day and age with technology people go, oh, I'm sick of these phones, I'm sick of these laptops, yeah. I'm sick of this. I'd love to go yeah. back to when we had nothing. And then you yeah. go back to when you have nothing and try and organize that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you had nothing like a no job. No yeah. life, no yeah. contact with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. You have to send a letter if you want to go for a point or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, Behold, we're sure yeah. you at different times. I mean, it's a different world now. It's the same. Yeah, like, it's different. Change yeah. is good. So, like, look at the way your dad would have, like, the patch your dad wanted you to go down. You couldn't put that on your son now because he's a grown up a different no, no. world. I, I try to all my kids, look, try and find something that you love, and then, we'll, then if, if we can, we'll try and, try and, try and get you there and living at it. My daughter was, loved her video games when she's growing up. Now she's a video game designer. Really? So yeah. that's what she does, her job. Yeah, she, she makes video games. How, how old is your daughter? 20, 28, 20, uh, 20, 20, 28, 29. How old are your sons? 28 29, yes. <laughs> One of them. Well, it was her birthday recently. Uh, what is, uh, my son, my middle fella is 24. And yeah. he just he does computer networks and uh, network security and all that stuff for offices. So you can imagine he's up to his tits at the minute. He is yeah, like fuck. He's sitting around here playing fucking Oculus. And my youngest then is uh, he's um, he's a chef in a Michelin star. Patrick Gibos in town. He's an apprentice chef in there. Fucking hell! So, so you guys are all up there, up to something interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, they're not fucking, they're not shoplifting anyway. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, as Chris Rock, as Chris Rock said, you've one job as a dad. If you've got a daughter, keep her off the pole. 
Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. yeah. So none of them tried to take after that dad anyways. No, thank fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no person in the right mind would want to be an actor. If you go if you go into the books uh anytime uh, in England or in Ireland, the unemployment rate in active is between eighty-five and ninety percent. What? That's that's the unemployment uh, level, yeah. Because so, so a much, career choice. Yeah, as a so career roles, choice, it's it? fucking due. So you have to get lucky, sort of. Yeah, you, you do. You do. I don't have know to get somebody lucky. that knows somebody in that game. Well, like. that's not luck. That's nepotism. Yeah, I was saying that also. You just have to get Isn't that how we got you one name? We know Barry Barry knows you. Know someone. Exactly. Yeah. And here you're not sitting down with two fucking idiots that yeah. sitting in the kitchen doing a podcast. There's three fucking idiots here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks Lynn. for taking the time out of your day, Lynn. No bother, lads. Lovely to meet you. You're yeah. an absolute legend, mate. Keep Thanks going. And I wish you the best of luck. And when you're doing this from your gated community in Hollywood, yeah. I hope you'll think of Uncle Lamo. Yeah. But say Liam sent us over. <laughs> Correct. Thanks, yeah, don't, tell, don't fucking mention me. <laughs> the fuck was you? <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much, mate. You're an absolute. The hip knocker. Go down, go down, go down.